Hello, and welcome to World of Warbirds. I'm Brian Pierce. Hello, Warbirders. If you enjoy this program, why not come on over and join us at World of Warbirds Patreon? There's plenty of free stuff there, including all the images to accompany the episodes so that you can see what I'm talking about. If you want to commit to the relationship, there are advantages to being a patron of the podcast, such as getting the episodes a week earlier and getting bonus episodes, and you'll have the satisfaction of helping contribute to the show. If you are presently listening to this through Patreon, well then, thank you so much for your support. I'd like to thank patrons Dale Longmere, Don Nicholas, Dominique, Guy Brandon, and Félix Saint-Jean for their continuing support. Thank you and merci to all. Now on to today's show. Introduction So today's episode is very much a continuation of the Hawker Typhoon and Hawker Tornado episodes. The Tornado one being a bonus episode for patrons. But perhaps more than any other series of aircraft that we have studied over the years, these Hawker fighters are a beautiful example of high-speed aviation evolution in action. Not only were technologies rapidly changing, but the no-nonsense proving ground of World War II combat just did not suffer weakness. If there was a problem with these aircraft, it would rapidly become evident and need to be corrected in one way or another, or the type would just not survive. So to get a bit biblical here, the hurricane begat the typhoon and tornado, and in turn, the typhoon would begat the tempest. So let's look at what went into that begatting. Design and Development Sidney Cam and his team over at Hawker probably wouldn't be showing up at the tattoo parlor for a, in quotes, no regrets tat when it came to the typhoon. Now don't get me wrong, the Tiffy would kick butt all over Europe, especially in the ground attack role, but there were definitely things about the typhoon that bothered them, and more importantly, bothered the pilots that flew the typhoon. First was the wing. The Tiffy had a fat, thick wing that produced too much drag and reduced performance. Second, the big radiator scoop looked cool and all, but think of it. That's a big chunk of something hanging out there in the slipstream causing drag. And if that could be cleaned up, for sure performance would improve. Also, the Tiffy had an annoying high-frequency vibration problem with the engine and an even more annoying habit of losing its tail in flight, killing probably 25 of its own pilots in the process. So yeah, they had some regrets, and they wanted to fix them up. In order to do this, authorization was obtained from the Air Ministry in November 1941 to build two prototypes, what they would call the Typhoon II. In February 1942, This was renamed to Tempest. After the problems with the Rolls-Royce Vulture engine and its associated and subsequently cancelled Hawker Tornado, the Air Ministry had seen the benefits of spreading its eggs in various baskets, just in case one of these baskets fell over and broke the eggs. 
So in this case, they went a little hog wild and asked for six baskets, or prototypes, when it came to the Tempest. The Tempest Mark I was equipped with the Napier Sabre Mark IV engine and was to have wing-mounted radiators instead of the chin scoop. The Tempest Mark II had the Bristol Centaurus Mark IV engine. The Tempest Mark III was equipped with the Rolls-Royce Griffin 85 engine. The Tempest Mark IV was planned to be equipped with the Griffin 61 engine. The Tempest Mark V was equipped with the Napier Sabre Mark II engine. Alright, so are you wondering if you need to go get some paper to make notes because all these marks are getting confusing? Okay, just don't worry. Things will get simplified real soon, and also there will be no tests at the end of this, I promise. Prototypes. Okay, firstly, let's get rid of a few of these pesky prototypes to make things easier. The Mark I with the wing radiators instead of the chin scoop was very aerodynamically clean and thus very fast, but problems with making those radiators work with the engine caused it to be cancelled. The Mark II with the Bristol Centaurus had so many delays that it wasn't ready for war service, so forget about it for now. We will get back to that one later. The Tempest Mark III and Mark IV were to be equipped with the Rolls-Royce Griffin engines, but those were prioritized to go into Spitfires, so the Mark III and the Mark IV were cancelled. And that left the Mark V. And that's the one we have to think about right now. It and all the other prototypes had the new thinner wing. This wing was a laminar flow design, was thinner overall, and with the maximum thickness being moved aft by 7%. The wing surface was flush riveted to be extra smooth and sleek. Now the old Typhoon's wings had been fairly packed with fuel tanks and guns and ammo. With less space in these more svelte and sexy wings, stuff needed to be moved around a little bit. The 420mm Hispano cannons and the 800 rounds of ammunition to serve them needed to stay, but some fuel tanks needed to move. A new tank was installed between the cockpit and the engine, and two others were installed between the spars of the wings on either side of the center section. The prototype started off with the Typhoon's old framed canopy and the car-style door, but the new bubble canopy was quickly swapped in. A bigger tail unit was added to improve directional stability due to the longer nose, which was due to that extra fuel tank that I just mentioned. In fact, the whole tail had been redesigned and strengthened to get rid of that, you know, tail falling off problem. Engine vibration was solved with new rubber mounts and a four-bladed propeller. Tempest Mark V prototype HM-595 took to the sky on its maiden flight with Philip Lucas at the controls on the 2nd of September 1942. It was reported as a, open quotes, maneuverable and pleasant aircraft to fly with no major handling faults, close quotes. The Air Ministry ordered 300. Operational History in early 1944, Tempest-equipped squadrons began raising hell all over Europe in fighter sweeps called Rangers. 
penetrating deep into enemy territory, bombing and strafing airfields, radar sites, shooting up vehicles and coastal shipping, and hitting launch sites for the V-1 flying bombs. Tempests developed a bit of a specialty in dealing with these menacing drone aircraft. With external drop tanks, Tempests would be stationed on patrols of up to 4.5 hours off the southern coasts of England. These must have been boring as hell until getting a call from coastal radar controllers telling the pilots of an approaching doodlebug. Then the race was on. The Tempest's great low-altitude speed was ideal for chasing down the V-1s and hitting them with cannon, or, rarely, tipping them over with a wingtip. Tempest squadrons were credited with destroying 638 of the 1,846 V-1s which were destroyed by aircraft. As the threats of V-1s died down, Tempest squadrons were moved forward to bases on the continent where they tangled with and proved worthy opponents to the Luftwaffe's Bf-109G and Fuckerwolf 190 fighters while also destroying many ground vehicles, trains, etc. In 1945, a Tempest was the first to shoot down a Henkel HE-162 jet-powered Volksjäger. A Tempest was also the first to run into the Dornier 335 Pfeil. Tempests even held their own against the Messerschmitt ME-262 jets. One ME-262 pilot said of the Tempest, open quotes, Our most dangerous opponent was the British Hawker Tempest. It was extremely fast at low altitudes, highly maneuverable, and heavily armed. Close quotes. One technique to deal with the 262 was the rat scramble. When a 262 was reported in the area, Tempests would take off and head straight to the 262's home airbase to hit it when it was coming in for a landing, low and slow. This worked well until flak lanes were established to protect the vulnerable jets as they came in. Tempests served right up until the end of the war and after, holding the line until the new jets arrived. For many RAF pilots, the Tempest was their last piston banger before they became a jet jockey. Now, I told you back in the prototype section to forget about the Mark II with the Centaurus engine for later. Well, it is now later. The Centaurus was an 18-cylinder, air-cooled, radial engine, and so because of this very different round engine shape, the Mark II has a very distinctive nose when compared to her sisters. In fact, it looks a little like a Fuckerwolf uh, 190, and supposedly this is not incidental, and there was actually a little copying that went on from a captured 190. The first Tempest II with this engine flew in June 1943. Early on, these radial-powered Tempests had problems with engine vibrations. Changes were made to the engine mounts, and experiments were done with various propeller blade configurations from four blades to five and then back to four. Other problems, such as engine overheating, poor lubrication, exhaust malfunctions, and a reduction gear seizure issue, all delayed production so that the Tempest II never saw combat, but served post-war. 
Some were transferred from the RAF to the Indian Air Force, IAF, and the Pakistani Air Force, PAF, where they would fly into the 1950s. Survivors The Tempest is well represented by survivors. Tempest II, serial number MW763, was built in 1945 and in 1948 was one of those aircraft transferred to the Indian Air Force. In 1989, it made its way back to England where it began a very long restoration process and finally took to the air in October 2023. There are about five others in the UK, US, and Canada that are under restoration and about six examples on display or in storage. Thanks again to all who support the podcast through Patreon. I appreciate it more than you know. You can also check out photos of what we have been talking about on the Patreon page. These are available to all. And you can buy things like t-shirts, mugs, posters, etc. on the Kit Shop page. Until next time.